Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast. Joining me again today is Nathan Doyle from thebigkickoff.com and the founder of theleagueofireland.com, Jared Mulroney. Now, we can't really start without discussing Vinnie Perth's comments on John Sheridan after the 2-2 draw last weekend. Perth claimed that Sheridan continuously referred to the league as a pub league during the game. And I'm going to play the interview now, and I know I'm playing it in its full entirety, so we get it word word. Okay, Vinny, um, after the game or during the game, you're very annoyed by the comments of the Waterford manager. Yeah, I mean, they're separate to the game. They, they, they deserve their result, and that's so, uh, I'm full respect to them. But John Sharon's a hero, probably a hero of mine, that 94 team, that midfield he played in, him, uh, Andy Towns and Roy Kane. It was amazing, but, I mean... Uh, Calling this a pub league, uh, a shambles of a league, I can't accept that as a League of Ireland man. So uh, that disappointed me. I didn't challenge him on it. He came after Did me. Did he say it to you? He said no, I shouted onto the pitch uh, a couple of times, and even right. even to his own players yeah. who who you know if I played from, I would have walked off. This is why you're playing in this league because it's a fucking pub league. Excuse me, French. Mm. I, I I can't accept that as part of League of Ireland football. We have to have a higher standard mm. than that. That might be okay in the lower leagues in mm. England. Um, and uh, listen, he's disrespected me and the league tonight. Uh, but he has the moral high ground. Mm. Uh, he's told me uh, I'm getting sacked anyway. He said that. To yeah. You? So which is fine. That's his, that's that's, a, that's, that, a that's fine. But, but yeah, but I don't mind that part of it. It's the disrespectfulness of our league. It's a brilliant league full of brilliant people, and uh, I'm not happy about that. But listen, um, if 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 Water are happy to. You know, have someone in charge who, who's in charge of a public mm. that's their own business and I wish John well he's in as I said he had an amazing career amazing career for mm. Ireland and a 94 performance was outstanding beautiful footballer but uh, you know class is permanent mm. you are you, you just you said you'll defend the league till the last whether you're manager here or whether you're back in Ireland um, it is a gross insult Absolutely, to our league, yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, and not just to, not to Dundalk, but it is the Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians, um, you know, Cork City, Derry City, Sligo, the, the work that's done in our league, um, do I get frustrated with the league? Absolutely, I mean, mm. we're, 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 we've clubs who have voted not to play football, mm. but it's not a pub league and it's not a mm. shambles of a league, uh, there's a lot of good players here, mm. and Irish football needs this league to be strong, mm. uh, so I think it's important that uh, we, we see that with the Irish national team. Uh, it's very important that it's mm. strong. So, um, I, I just can't tolerate these English lads coming over and disrespecting. It's not acceptable. It must be very de- demoralising for players to hear that you know somebody shouting like well, that. Well, I don't, well look, look, that's Waterford's business. It's not Dundalk's. But when the league is is being criticised like that, I, I feel it's important we defend it. Mm. Thanks very Thanks much, Vinny. Thank you. That was Vinnie Pert. This is John Sheridan talking to RTE straight after the game. You had a few words at the end as well with Vinnie Perth. What was that about? Who? Vinnie, the, the other manager. Vinnie? Vinnie Perth, yeah. Oh, is that his name, yeah? Vinnie Perth, right. Yeah, the, um, he was just, he's just, I don't know what he was going on about. He's, he needs to worry about his own team. Okay. Jared, what's your thoughts now li- listening back to that? Well, uh, my estimation of Vinnie Perth has gone way up from what it was beforehand. And uh, for John Sherrod, it's gone way down. Look, to be honest, I think 
Kenny was our um, John Sheridan was asked after the game for his comments by um, Tony O'Donoghue, and I think it was totally disrespectful to more or less say he didn't know who he was. Any manager worth his salt in any league knows who he's dealing with, and to turn around and say say Vinny Vinny who who Vinny like that's just disgraceful in my opinion. Um, when he came into the league, Waterford brought him in. He said he was just here as a favour to the Waterford owner Lee Power, and that he was there for the end of the season. I just think he's using the Waterford job to get back across the water to get a job back in England. Um, his history at clubs in England, he has a history of these, these kind of comments, and the comments that he came out with to say that it's a pub league and a disgraceful league is just—it's totally disrespectful. And I have to agree with Vinnie Perth. Um, it's, it's just not on. And to turn around and say it to his own players, I think is just—it just shows the type of character he is. And it's very surprising, to be honest, that no word has come from the club themselves, Waterford. There's been no comment from the club. Um, even if he came out afterwards and said, look, I, I maybe shouldn't have said that. It's just comments during the game. It's just waffle kind of stuff that goes on at every game. And just say, look, I apologise for it. It was disrespectful and we move on. People would have more respect for him. He hasn't done that. And it looks like he's not going to do that. But look, he, he's, his comments were, were totally wrong, in my opinion. I just don't think it's right. Yeah, if if it is true, should Vinny Pert be telling everyone and their dog about it, or should they keep that on the pitch and between themselves? I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Yes, Vinny Pert probably tried to deflect a small bit of the attention off himself. Now he did say in that interview, look, he said that when John Sheridan said that he should he'd be sacked in the morning, that comment. It, Vinny said, look, that's fine. I have no issue with that. And I don't think that was that was really the issue as far as Vinny was concerned. Um, he was just defending the League of Ireland. And I have to give him full credit for that. Yes, he could have said nothing. He could have said, look, it's just part and parcel of the game and move on. But look, I don't think it's, it's, it's any harm, to be fair. Um, I know the result on Friday night was hugely disappointing for Water, for Dundalk. Um, to be 2-0 down with 12 minutes to go, they got very, very lucky in the fact that Alistair Cook got sent off. Um, I think the fact that he got sent off changed the game in a sense for Dundalk because they had opportunities to get back into it. Now, they could have won the game in the end. They hit the crossbar. Um, but I just think he was right to do what he did. Whether that comes across that way for some people, it's hard to know. And he is under pressure, there's no doubt, because their chances of Dundalk winning the league this season are, are glimmering by the day. And they have a huge, big um, UEFA Champions League game coming up on Wednesday. So, look, he's definitely under pressure and he needs results. So, I suppose there is a bit of deflection in that. But I think he was right to say what he did. I totally agree with you. I, I, I do think his comments lack class. I don't think there's a need for it. I don't think there's a need to go, to to say something to a manager that you're going to lose your job. I don't see what benefit he gets out of it. But, Nathan, is Vinnie Pert really just trying to deflect away from the, the results that his team have produced so far? Um, no, not in this case, uh, to be honest with you. Um, look, I'm going to echo what everybody else said. The, the comments that were made by Sheridan, they were spitting the face to everybody that, that puts any any effort into the league at all, you know, from the players, the coaches, to the volunteers, fans that pay the hard-earned money to go to this, to go to the league that we all love so much. I think it's a complete uh, spit in the, in the face of everybody. And like you said, like... Uh, Sheridan, he has a past of doing this sort of stuff. Like he was let go of North County in 2017 after making some um, some goals and marks to officials during the game against Wickham. 
So it's obviously something that he believes maybe he's, he's above the league in a way. Like uh, Gerard said very well, that when he came into the league, he was not one to be said, I'm happy to be here and it's a good opportunity to get to get me managerial career back on track. Like he just sees this as a stepping stone, which is it's always going to leave a bit of taste in the mouth to any League of Ireland fans. But um, no, I, I, I think Vinny was right to sort of mention the comments that I said because it was totally disrespectful to everybody. That uh, puts that blood, sweat, and tears into the League of Ireland. It's it's it, it's very it's shallow to say something like that, especially when you're managing in the league that you're commenting on. So, in a way, is this going to be a, a good thing for the league because now the league has their 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 villain who they can go out and you know everyone needs a villain, everyone needs someone out there. Mourinho is over in England, and you know is this something now that there's like there's you know, sometimes bad news or, 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 or something like this isn't necessarily all that bad. I think one thing, one thing I will say is that John Sherwood is I think, the lucky man that there'll be no, there is no fans in the ground because <laughs> you can imagine the, the abuse you could see would be pretty, pretty bad. I'd be interested to see how Waterford do handle this. Uh, I thought by now they would have, would have even addressed the situation, but they haven't. But uh, I'd be interested to see how if they do handle it over the next coming days of mountain pressure comes on of a couple of bad defeats come on now in the next couple of weeks, like because like surely you can't just let let your manager that's managing and he's making his living in the league go out and, and such publicly criticise the league in, in such a such a bad way. Like I understand you can say things in the heat at the moment during the game, but it is comments that's completely out of order. Yeah, and they'd not, uh, I think go, sorry, go ahead, Jared. I think also the fact that he criticised his own players. Um, telling the players that they weren't good enough and that's why they're playing in this league. I think, you know, he has this attitude or he seems to have this attitude that it's a case of that's his way of trying to motivate his players to tell them that they're, that to get out of this, what he calls the shambles of a league, it's better to try and push them to get out of this league. Now, I don't think that's going to work here. Um, That may work in England, fair enough, if that's the way he wants to go about it, but his, his managerial career hasn't exactly been a huge success. Yes, he's had success in some of his uh, positions, but if you look at it overall, he hasn't had a great success in his managerial career. And I just think that's no way to go about it. And as Nathan said there also, you know, a couple of bad results, uh, similar to the one they had this this evening against against Sligo, um, a couple of results like that, and he will be under pressure. And, you know, where's his career going to go from, from, from here? If he doesn't make a success in Waterford, you know, it's not going to look good on his CV. No, and no. May, maybe Waterford are dealing with behind closed doors rather than trying to to blow it up any more than it is, and and uh, hoping it'll go away. But sure, listen, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm sure. As I said, he'll be the the villain around all the grounds around uh, Ireland for a while. Now, I want to start. Mm. I want to start with the first division this week. And on our first show, Jared said this. Gonna go Cabin Teeley. Jared, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about Cabin Teeley. I think as uh, Nathan said, they got off to a great start. But to be fair, they played at Lone Town, Shamrock Rovers too, and um uh, a Bray Wanderers, they caught them on the opening day of the season. I think it's kind of a false a false lead for Cabin Teeley. Um, <laughs> I'm not slating your at him, but in all fairness, Nathan also yeah, it, it predicted that they weren't going to go that way. But Jared, uh, are you changing your mind yet over Cabin Teeley, or is it just a good start to a season that has a long way to go? Look, I suppose it's 
these things always come back to bite you, don't they? But um, look, Cabin Keely has done exceptionally well. They've had a great run of results. They won two games over the weekend to put themselves in, in control. Um, Drahada slipped up, drawn three all with Athlone. That was a bad result for them. But I still think uh, Drahada will still win, win the first division. And Cabin Keely have done exceptionally well. And even Pat Devlin has said, it's, look, it's just a start. We're doing well, but we need to keep our, our heads up and keep working hard. But look, they've done great. You can't knock them. They've done fantastic. They're playing very well. They've brought in new players. Shane Barnes has scored goals. So look, they've done great. You can't you can't uh, say anything bad of what they've done so far. It's just a case, can they keep it going? Um, look, more power to them, but I still think God will win the league. And after the game, Pat Devlin spoke about the 3-1 victory over Longford. We're here with Cabin Keeley, Director of Football, Pat Devlin, after tonight's excellent 3-1 win. So it went to plan. Yeah, it was a tough game. Long for a good side. The lads were brilliant. They dug in, done what they were asked to do, took their chance when they came. Two great first half goals. Kevin's penalty was great. Marty took his goal well, and Shane Barnes scored another. We hit the upright, should have scored again. We had a couple of chances. But I, I think the way we, we set ourselves out and the way we went about it, they've done really well. Conditions were very, very difficult. Raining all night. Wonderful conditions were difficult, but the lads were brilliant, every one of them. We brought 20 players down here today, and it just shows you, you know, for a club like Cabin Keely, to have 20 on, a, on a, a bad night like this, willing to get out there and do their utmost for the club, it's fantastic, and well done to all of them. Another positive result against one of your main rivals this season as well? Well, you know, they're all our rivals, and we just have to take each game as it comes. That's another one behind us. We have to play them again. But look, you know, you don't dwell on it. You just move forward now. We look forward to UCD. We'll try and get that out of the way. And then obviously we have a big game the following week against Bowes. So we'll have a little break, very, very little break, which we need. Uh, get a few players re- uh, back from injury. And uh, we move forward. But the signs are good. The lads are good. Great attitude. The staff have been magnificent. The whole atmosphere around the dressing room is great. So it's a credit to everybody concerned. So, well done to all, but it's not over yet. Long, long way to go. But it's a nice position to be in. Nathan, that was the first real test for them and it was a fantastic victory for them, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think that was the one thing that uh, the Travers even said when um, a couple of weeks back with Tom Cavantelli is that at the start of the season, they, they played a lot of teams that you'd expect would be down the bottom half of the of the first division table. When now they're starting to come up against you know, like some of the teams that you'd imagine would be their, their rivals that would be challenging them for the title. So it was a big statement tonight, or not tonight, the other, uh, the other night against uh, Longford to beat them so comfortably 3-1. Like, it's, it's start, you can start to see it's coming together now Like when you are beating teams that are expected to be up here around you. That's when you will have to look and say, well, well you obviously have to have something about them. Like uh, Joe said, uh, Shane Barnes is knocking the goals in. He's a top goal scorer this season in, in the fourth division at the moment. Which is credit where it's due when you think about it because like, they lost that top man last season, uh, Rob Manley, who went to Longford. So to get someone like Barnes in and replace them with, with the goals, like it's obviously working out well. And it's, 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 it's something that, uh, that Devlin has, has obviously he's managed to, to get somebody in to, to replace that big gap up, uh, up top. So it is credit where it's due with, with everybody because it seems to be a good unity. Uh, between the, the managers and the players uh, on the pitch so yeah it would be good it would be good it would be good uh, somewhat of a story to see if they can hang on and get themselves into the Premier Division yeah now while Kevin Taylor are in great form the same cannot be said about Galway United and tonight manager Alan Murphy was relieved of his duties Jared's not really much of a surprise is it? 
No, not really. Um, as we were talking previously about Galway United and how things were going so poor for them, and to be fair, since then they they haven't improved any which way. They've lost both to um, Drogheda and Longford over three or four days. Uh, I know against Longford it was a terrible mistake by the goalkeeper to let Aaron McCabe score late on, and a penalty a penalty against Drogheda on Monday night um, wasn't wasn't great. Um, they just haven't been playing well and. The whole project DNA that Alan Murphy was trying to implement in Eamon DC Park has gone down the tube and it remains to be seen where they go from here. Um, I know it's... Uh, sorry, guys. No, wait, sorry. I'm back in a second. <laughs> um, just, guys, as I was saying, um, like with Murphy gone, who's going to replace him? You know, it's a case like Galway have four points. Now, to be fair, they're only six points out of the playoff place. Well, it's going to take a dramatic uh, turnaround of their fortunes. The squad isn't great. They're very young. Um, who's going to come in? Is it a case of going starting again from scratch and disregarding this season, bringing in a young coach? It's you know, is it or is it a case of trying to bring someone in and get in, an, an instant impact? But he's not going. Any new manager is not going to be able to bring in any new players. So it's it's a, it's a mess, really. In fairness, at this stage, there's, there's only so many games left. So I don't really know where they're going to go. Is it a case they're just going to replace um, Alan Murphy with his second in command, Gary O'Connor? Who knows? The next few days will be crucial. Yeah, I always wonder about clubs who replace their manager with the person who was side by side with the manager. Are they expecting much from that manager or that the assistant manager? It, it doesn't. It doesn't sit right with me. But. As you were alluded to, who's going to? You're a fan, Galway. Who would you like to see take the job? Like, is it someone young who can build something? And you're nearly forgetting about this season, and you're taking, you're looking at next season, or do you get a John Caulfield in, or maybe even a, a Martin Russell who is who with UCD work wonders with the the young kids. To be honest, as a fan, we just want someone that's going to get them to play football to play entertaining football. Look, results will take care of themselves. Um, John Caulfield, I can't see John Caulfield taking the Galway job. Um, in fairness, um, he's he's down in Cork. Realistically, is he going to come up to Galway? I doubt it at this, for a job. Like, Galway is a great job, there's no doubt about it, but in the right circumstances, and I just don't think the circumstances are right. I really I really can't see who's going. There's talk of people looking at Johnny Glenn, a former Galway United legend, but I can't see that happening either. Um, as everybody knows by now, his daughter was involved in um, an incident in Galway where his daughter and a friend of hers had to be rescued out in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, so I think he's dealing with enough at the minute. So I don't think that's going to happen. But look, I could be wrong. Maybe it's something he might want to get back into. Look, Alan Murphy was a legend at Galway United. He's the league, he's the top scorer at the club. Everybody loved him. Um, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, it's it's difficult, you know. Like, what do the what do the board want? Do they want to start out afresh again? I really don't think so. It's it's a, it's a great job. It's a job for someone that can come in there and make a difference. But who that person is, I really don't know. There hasn't been much talk around Galway at the minute. As I said, John Glenn, John Coffin, those names have been mentioned. But I just personally, I just don't see any of those happen. Yeah, Nathan, you both at the start of the season have drawed it down as favourites to win the division, but results like Friday's 3-3 draw against Athlone Town certainly won't help. No, certainly won't. It's one that I'm sure uh, I wasn't expecting, and I'm sure a lot of people weren't expecting. Um, 
very poor at long so I, 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 I fancy draw it to win a handy handy enough. Um saying that I fancy draw it to win the league handy enough but uh in fairness to Cabin Teeley it is it is that it's gonna be the story of how how long can Cabin Teeley keep this up because I, I think I know if you got a bad result against Long, but I think draw they do have uh, the best squad the best squad by far on paper at least uh, in the post division. So I think it's all about just how long can can Kevin Healy keep that foot in the gas and how how much can Drada actually pressure them and and stop drop dropping silly points the way they dropped they drop against that long. Yeah, they beat Galway one 0 on Monday, which was really a must win, as they can't really give an advantage uh, to the other challengers too much. So Jared, it's certainly a division where you, you can't expect the results that you actually think that, that should be there at the moment because everyone seems to be able to take a point off everyone. Uh, they do, yeah, and I think it's a lot. Of, you know, the situation with the breakup for COVID nineteen as well has kind of altered things also because the players have they brought in players, clubs have brought in players. They've got uh, players that were unfit. They've got them back fit. Players that were injured, they've got them back. And of course, look, it, it takes time for these players to gel into clubs, and unfortunately, these clubs don't have time now. Um, all there's so many games in such a such a short period of time. It's only 18 games. It's a very short season. Um, it's coming thick and fast. And on, as we said at the start, clubs that make a fast start could get a jump on everyone else. And that's what happens with Kevin Teeley. And more more good luck to them. Um, Grahada haven't really started playing very well. Um, they, as Nathan said, they have probably the best squad in the division in fairness. Um, but the, the, the game on Friday night against that loan, that was a big surprise. Um, and they needed an own, an own goal in that game also. So, look, it was a big surprise. But you're going to have surprise results like that. Um, Kevin Teeley drew with, with Wexford last week, so that was a surprising result. But they've bounced back well to win their next two. So, look, it's it's all about momentum. Kevin Teeley at the minute have it, but that momentum can shift fairly quickly depending on results. But, um, look, Kevin Teeley have done well so far. They have a, they have a, a gap at the, at the top of the table. Whether they can keep that gap, is remains to be seen but Drogheda will push them all away Yeah I think you're right with the short season there it's certainly a, a, a great start for Kevin Teeley but nothing is certain at all OK I think we'll turn our attention to the Premier Pub League and Waterford's 2-2 draw with Dundalk they took on the bit of red at the showgrounds tonight and during last orders Alex Cooper produced a bit of magic Fancy Cotter maybe it's Cooper going to take a left footed and scores! The substitute has done it in injury time. And they've come from behind and looks like they're going to take all three points from the showgrounds. Jared, there's been a fantastic turnaround at Sligo and watching them this evening, they were playing really good football as well. Yeah, they were. Uh, but it was a shocking goal to give away. Um, if, any, if anyone that didn't see it, it was just a free kick on the left-hand side of the penalty area. There were two players set to take the, the, the free. Goalkeeper went over to his left-hand side and Alex Cooper put it into, into the right-hand corner and left him too much too much space to open on his on the goalkeeper's right and he just took advantage. It, like, it was a terrible uh, goal, goalkeeping error at the end of the game. But uh, yeah, look, Clyde have done well. They got a poor result on Friday night. Um, down in Cork, they just weren't that. If Cork were kind of up for that game, and as I said previously, like Cork had a couple of they had three new strikers, um, that were quarantining, and two of them came in on Friday night, and made made an, an awful difference. Um, 
Kit Elliott scored a penalty. Deshaun, Deshaun Dowling scored for Cork as well, scored a cracker from outside the box. And their young, new young superstar, Ricardo Denanga, scored in the last minute to give them a 3-0 win. But Sligo Bounce have bounced back well. Um, they started off well against Jerry at the opening game of the season. They took a good result there. But yeah, it was a great result because Waterford were leading 1-0 early on. To come back and take all three points is a great result for them, and uh, moves them nicely up the table now and away from the relegation zone. Yeah, when you when you seeing that free kick, because I was looking at the free kicks setting it up, and he looked like he was brushing others away. He, he looked like I'm set taking this up. There was only one corner he was really going to go into, wasn't there? Well, of course, but with his left foot, there was no chance he was going anywhere else. But the keeper just thought the cross was coming into the box and was just caught in all ends up. It was a Shocking her, and I'm, I can imagine um, John Sheridan was pulling pulling the tear out at the end of the game because that was two points given away by Waterford. To be fair, well, in fairness, that'll be all his hair gone. So Nathan St. Pat's <laughs> took on Shamrock Rovers on Sunday, with everyone expecting a Rovers win or at least some goals in the game, but neither materialised. No, it didn't, and it was. Um Look, you hate to be big boys with their own team, but I think you can chalk it down to just a solid uh, St. Patrick's athletic defensive performance, to be honest. I think they just stifled Shamrock Rovers for the most part, and what they didn't really have any chances you could think of. Um, it, was, it, was, it wasn't an entertaining game to watch by any stretch of the imagination, but it's certainly, for, as a Shamrock Rovers fan, you'd think it's, you'd see it as two points dropped, but. Um, yeah, hopefully now it's not just another false dawn for St. Pat's. He obviously had a good result before when the football came back against Dundalk. This could be another one that you could look at and say, well, that's a, it's a big draw against our rivals who are really, really pushing for the title this season. Like, let's kick off with this, but you could come out now next game and, and drop more points. It's just, like I said last week and probably week before that, it's just looking for consistency out of St. Pat's now at this stage. Uh, they're playing Bohemians away. On it on Saturday, which is another really tough game, really another tough Dublin derby. So you're hoping that you can just pick up another point there at least and just push on a second and some consistency going with the result and with the final eleven. Yeah, are Rovers going to find that a few teams will keep keep things tight against them, knowing that Stephen Bradley's team probably a better unit and Shamrock Rovers probably just going to have to be patient like they were against Derry. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think that's a good show. The Derry game was the one that a lot of people are going to look at as a blueprint and say, well, look, that's obviously the way to rattle them because Derry were the first team to really put it, put it up to them, I feel. And then you see again, uh, like now Pat, you, you, you can't go out and say Pat to win the game. It was, it was what it was. It was a middle-all draw sort of a game. So I think I think the blueprint, uh, the, the precedent is set now that, well, this is the only way we're going to try. You have to... Is it, Take something off Shamrock Rovers is just stifling, stifling going forward and make things tight and awkward and cut off, cut off the winners and just make it a tough, a tougher game than what it has been for them. But um, yeah, it's it's the only way going forward really because you can't really see anybody not be. I'm not going to say they're going to go unbeaten, but you can't really see anybody comfortably beating Shamrock Rovers in, in an open game. Yeah. Well, I watched some of the Finn Harps and Bowles game and the better side won the team had better individuals, Bowles did. It was a shocking goal from Harps to concede. A long ball, flick on. There was no reaction from the Finn Harps defence and the change of direction from Daniel Grant to pass it into the far corner. It all seemed a little bit easy. 
it was a great, really, it was a great visual and why the Donegal outfit were struggling this year. But for all of Shamrock Rovers' style and class on the pitch, Bowes are only four points off the top spot. So, Jared, could Bowes actually challenge for the title? That's a very good question. Um, you wouldn't think so. But, like, they're a very solid unit, um, Bowes. They haven't really made too many alterations to their squad for this season. So, the players all know each other, they're comfortable playing the system. Um, they have a good striker and they're right up front. They're solid enough defensively and they have good good, good um, options in the middle of the park. Um, whether they have the creativity to break teams down when teams get tight, um, like you mentioned earlier with Shamrock Rovers, they have an awful lot of creativity in the middle of the park. They have so many different options. Whether Bowles have that, um, it's hard to know. Um, Bowles don't really score a huge amount of goals. Um, they've only scored 10 goals this season in eight games. When you look at the likes of Shamrock Rovers, they've scored 20. Um, so they might struggle a little, a little bit in that regard. But look, they're the nearest challengers to Rovers at the minute. But they do have a tough game coming up at the weekend, as uh, Nathan alluded to. They have to play the same path. Now, that, that has the potential to be a cracking match. Um, you know, Bowes are playing so well. They're getting the results. Um, they're in second. St. Pat's are solid enough. They're, but it's just the inconsistency, as Nathan mentioned earlier. They come out, play well in a big game, and then kind of you're expecting a second performance to back it up, but it just doesn't come. Um, the sending off the last day obviously changed the game. They had to bring Georgie Kelly off, so that kind of changed everything realistically. St. Pat's were kind of ten men behind the ball and tried to frustrate uh, Rovers, and uh, which which they did in the end. Um, but yeah, it's, that's that's going to be a really intriguing game. In fairness, um, whether they'll ch- uh, challenge Rovers for the title, I really don't. So um, there's no doubt about it. They'll definitely be one of the European places. Um, but I think, I don't know if anyone would, would challenge Shamrock Rovers, to be honest. Dundalk are extremely poor so far this season. Um, they've been they've only got, what is it, two points since the restart. Um, you know, it's, it's not great for a team that's looking to challenge for the title. Um, a lot really depends on Dundalk's run in Europe. Um, we'll discuss that later on, no doubt. But um, it, I think it really it depends an awful lot on that. Um, if they get a bit of a run, like they did last season after Europe, they went on a, a massive run of um, of, of uh, victories after that. Whether they can do something like that again, it's hard to know. I think Dundalk are missing an awful lot in the middle of the park. They're missing Robbie Benson, Stephen O'Donnell, um, Patrick McElhenney is in and out. He's injured a lot. So I just think that they're missing too much in the middle of that part, and I just think Rovers at this stage it looks like they'll they'll win the league. They probably should win the league. It'd be a huge um, error if they don't. I think at this stage they have the squad, they have the players, everything seems to be going in their favour. I just don't think Bowles have enough to challenge Rovers, especially this season anyway. Okay, uh, news this evening that Derry City Football Club have confirmed Declan Devine has signed a new deal which will see him remain manager of the Candy Stripes until the end of 2021. Now, I find this really surprising, Nathan. I haven't liked Derry's style of play since they restarted and the results match the poor style. So why are they handing out a new one-year contract? Yeah, um I'm a fan of Declan Devine. I think he's a very good young manager. But like we even said last week, said watching Derry City play this season, I've been really surprising to see how negative they set up and how just like how we have a lot of good 
individual players in the squad, but he probably actually don't use them to their best ability. The only team I'm thinking of maybe is because of the short season this year, everything was going on with COVID-19, handing out a new one-year deal to someone that knows the club, like Declan, is probably just, just the same team going forward. Like, I know they're looking like they're down in the relegation zone now at the moment, but it's, I personally I think they have enough to still get themselves out of that position. I think the, we've said they might get European football, but it looks like things, maybe not. They might be looking at mid table instead this season. But that's the only thing, the only thing I could really think of is probably just for a bit of, a bit of security in, in, in what's such a strange world of football we find ourselves in, just to get to keep them on for another one year and just, just this, just avoid it this season and see how he gets on next year. Yeah. Jared, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I would I wouldn't be as negative as Nathan now. In fairness, I think um, Declan Vine has done a great job. Obviously, this season. Look, this season. There's an asterisk about this season when you think about it. You know, there's so much going on between a stop start season um, and then a shortened season. It's it's very very difficult. And um, Jerry had to change, bring new players in at the start, and they lost Tim Nielsen after only what was it two or three games. They had to bring in a new strike force. So look, it's it's all a bit messy, um, but it's just as we said earlier, like teams are taking a, a few extra games to get into their rhythm. Jerry, no doubt, nobody expected them to be down in eighth position, but that's look, that's a little bit false. A win for Jerry puts them back up more or less into the um, European spots. So I wouldn't look at it that negatively. Um, as Nathan said, you know, consistency, um, you know, kind of continuity more than consi- continuity with Jerry. Another season with Derry is good. Um, he brought kind of the field factor back to Derry last season and got all the players, he got them to gel very quickly, got them into the whole community spirit. And I think I think he's done a great job. So I think, look, I think it's a great move for City. I think um, Derry fans will be very pleased. I wouldn't think there'd be any negative reaction to that. So I, I'm not surprised, to be honest. Okay. Um yeah, you alluded to it. Dundalk's Champions League qualifier, which will be shown on RTE tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, or if you're listening to this already, it's over, so check out the results. Uh, Vinny Perth's side take on the Slovenian champion Selja in the first round qualifying. It's in Hungary due to the COVID-19 restrictions. Jared, what's your thoughts on this game? Can Dundalk get something out of it? Maybe a couple of years ago we might have thought, yeah, it's a great chance, but their form hasn't been great. Is it possible to change your form when you come into a Champions League game? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a very tricky tie. Um, the Slovenians look at their um, season hasn't started obviously because of COVID nineteen. They were due to start a couple of weeks ago, but a couple of games were suspended uh, due to some players and clubs having um, had symptoms, and some of them have uh, the virus as it is. Um, yeah, look, Selje, they're they're going to be a difficult side. Um, Dundalk, as you said, their form is very poor. Um, now they have raised their game on many as an occasion in Europe but they had different players as I mentioned earlier Robbie Benson Stephen O'Donnell um, Ronan Finn you know they, they're missing all them players in the middle of the park I don't really think they've replaced them um, even letting the likes of um, Georgie Kelly um, leave on loan to St. Pat's it was a big loss I know they brought in David McMillan but he was injured last over the weekend so is he going to be fit so they're down to realistically one fit striker in, in Patrick Patrick uh, Hooven. Um, and, and his form hasn't been great either. Yes, he scored a couple of goals, but his overall play hasn't been great. 
Um, I'd be worried about Dundalk on uh, Wednesday evening. Um, they're often slow enough starters in Europe. Um, they kind of it's a case Irish clubs uh, over the years have kind of went away, tried to keep things tight, um, not do too much if they're happy, happy enough to come away even with a defeat. I, that kind of um, attitude can't really work tomorrow night. They have to go after the game because it's a one-legged tie. Um, whether they can do that, I really I don't know if they can take the game to sell you when they're over on, on Wednesday. Um, I think they leave themselves too much too open if they go at it. Sell you can catch them on the break. They have they're very quick players. They have a couple of uh, good strikers in Mitchell Lockridge and even Bozic up front. Lockridge scored 18 goals last season. Bozic scored 10. Um, They'll be a threat to, to Dundalk on the break. They'll be a threat from wide as well. I'd be I'd be fearful. I wouldn't be confident to be honest. Um, I think Sally probably turn them over. Yeah, Nathan. What do League of Ireland clubs have to do to ever get near a group stage of a Champions League? It's going to take a lot, isn't it? It's going to take obviously first of all is, is the group of players that the club has to work with and the manager itself. Uh, I think we might have missed the boat. With Dundalk, it's probably a year or two too late when they were playing so well under Stephen Kenny and winning leagues. And he had um, those Richie Terrell, Daryl Hogg, and uh, Hogg was doing his fourth spell. He had um, a great, great squad of players going forward. And even at the back, like now they had uh, Boy McGarland, uh, Sean Gannon. The list goes on and on. I think maybe a year or two ago, I would have taught myself to get into the group stages of the Europa League. Uh, yeah, as Gerard said, I'm not too confident about this one as a League of Ireland fan. Obviously, I always want any League of Ireland club to do well in Europe. It doesn't matter who they are. I just, I, 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 yeah, I think there's too much, it's probably too much of an ask over one leg, especially. So you never know over two. You could, you could take them back to Oriel Park and, and, and you could have, have, a, have a good game there. But just because it's on a neutral venue over one game, yeah, I wouldn't be the most confident now as a Dundalk fan. Saying that, it'd be a nice distraction away from the league form. It could be even uh, it could even change a lot of people's opinions on Vinnie Pearce's uh, longevity in, in the Dundalk role if he if he had to went on a decent European one, but I think it might be one uh, a bit too big when ask of a one game. They're struggling a little bit too, um, Nathan, defensively, and they're not really sure on their 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 back four. Like when you consider that even the likes of like Brian Garton, he's the club captain and he hasn't played all yeah. season. Yeah. You know, that that to me tells tells you everything. Um like, yeah. I, I don't know if Finney actually knows his, his best lineup at this stage. They have um Stefan Kolovich, which I, I like him. I think he's an he's a, an intelligent player. Um but I just think like the defensively they're they're not great. They have no they're lacking leaders. They ha you know, Dundalk always had plenty of leaders and I think they're lacking in that. Even uh, Chris Shields this season and I'm a big fan of Chris Shields. I, I like him. I think he's a great player. But he just hasn't he hasn't been himself, um, in my opinion. He hasn't dominated games like he has in the past. Uh, Patrick McElhenney, you know, how fit is he? Um, he came yeah, back from... He came back there. Him, and, I watched uh, him against St. Pat's. And you knew, the minute he came on against St. Pat's, you knew it was just something. He wasn't 100%. And he's taken yeah. off, I think, about 20 minutes later, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. But now he missed the game and came back then at the League Cup and was playing at the weekend. You know, how fit is he? I know he, he thrives on European competition. And and a lot of the Dundalk players do. Gary Rogers, you know, he's very he's very good in the goal. Um, you know, they have a huge amount of experience, of European experience. You know, but is that, is that going to be enough? You know, sometimes they always say European experience is, is vital. 
but you know Dundalk have had European experience for years and you know they've they haven't exactly they flattered to deceive on occasion they had opportunities and didn't take them and I know look Dundalk were great when uh, Stephen Kenny was there and um, Vinny Perth was his assistant I'm not sure my own personal opinion I don't think Vinny Perth has the tactical know-how to get a result in Europe um, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Vinny but it's just my opinion. I just think that Stephen Kenny was better at getting the best out of players. Um, I'm not sure if Vinny has that talent that uh, Stephen Kenny has. I'm going back to your point as well. I think any time a big game came up for them, dog under Stephen Kenny, you'd have a very fair idea of who the starting eleven is going to be and who, mm. what the formation is going to be and what the setup is going to be. You could miss out yeah. maybe one or two players, but for the most part, you could pick out. What he, not what he was going to do but you could pick up the 11 and you could have a good idea of what the, what the job of each individual was going to be where yeah. with Perth I still think he's in the season he's had a full season at Dundalk and he still seems to be unsure on who's best for our position and what and what's, what should be the role going forward what should be yeah. the identity of the club going forward should he keep should he scrap everything that he's done under Kenny and start in there or should he keep some sort of emphasis on what Stephen Kenny brought into the club seems to be even though he's in the job and he won the league at Dundalk, there still seems to be some some sort of a transition period going on at Dundalk. Yeah, Nathan. There do, is, yeah. And, and sorry, do you do you look at the league now and the teams that are in the Europe? Do you look at Shamrock Rovers as the the, the the best team that are set up for Europe, bar possibly having a, a centre forward who can stick a ball away? Uh, would they have the best chance of all the teams of progressing? Um, yeah, yeah, they could do. But looking at the draw as well, you'd imagine that he that he could. Like, the old saying goes, doesn't lie. That the the table doesn't lie, and they are the best for this season. They're the best team in the, the league of Ireland has to offer. So I, I'd be interested to see how they get on, especially in the Europa League. Yeah, I think the one thing that will let them down, and that it's going to have to be addressed at some stage. Maybe coming into next season is just that. That cliche of a 15 goal a season striker, which I know they have a lot of players that chip in five, six, seven goals a season, but it's always nice to have that one person that you can sort of really rely on to get you the, the good bulk of their goals and anybody else chipping in and adding in to the tally. Who could the they, get, Nathan, who could they, who could they get to do that job? Well, I think if, uh, I think all the times we get on, but I think with, with Georgia Kelly's, um, long spell at pass finishes up, I think that's, that's always going to be a show for me. I think it's it, it suit Rovers at the moment. It's, 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 we haven't really seen him play as a as a starting striker. He's always even at Dundalk, he was always on the bench, and he's, he's going to get limited time because there's only limited games this season at Pats. So there's the interest to see how he would deal given full reins and, and being told, look, you're going to be the main man, you're going to be the man leading the line. But I think yeah, if, this, if I was on the, on the spot, I think yeah, George Kelly could do a job at Shamrock Rovers. Still only young, he's still. He has a proven decent uh, goal scoring record in the league as well. So I think if someone gave him the trust of being the main man, I think he could have paid him. Okay. Jared, the Women's National League could have a title race between Peamout and Shelbourne. Stephanie Roach was back on the score sheet. So how was the league shaping up? Yeah, as, as we alluded at the start of the season, it was looking, going, it was looking like it was going to be a, a title uh, battle between Shelbourne and Peamout. As you said, Piemont had a good win over Cork. They kind of wrapped up the points in the first half. Um, Stephanie Roach, as you said, scored the, set for the second game in a row. Um, also, Anya Gorman, 
three goals in two games. And Eleanor Ryan Doyle also on the score sheet. But when you think about it, that's three Irish internationals scoring goals for Piedmont. So it just goes to show you how difficult the task it was for Cork. Um, Shelburne were lucky enough on the day. They got a late goal from their captain, Pearl Slattery, to take the points against DLR Waves. Um, Athlone played their first um, game in the Women's National League when they lost by a late goal to Wexford's youth. Ashling Frawley scoring that goal. And uh, Galway WFC beat 10 men or 10 lady Bohemians 4-1 with Aoife Thompson scoring twice. But yeah, as you said, look, it's definitely going to be a, a, a title shootout between Piedmont and Shelburne. The games between themselves will be um, probably vital over the over the, the course of the season. But it's been a good start for both of them. And yeah, we're in for a battle. Yeah, one of the goals I seen for Piedmont was from uh, Cork goal kick and uh, I, I'm, yeah. say, I'm saying this an awful lot now lately people are forcing uh, well all you have to do is look at Barcelona uh, in the Champions League forcing their way out of the back line <sighs> do people need to teams and this League of Ireland as, as well as the, the Women's National League do they need to know their, their, their limitations and you know have we not learned how to do that properly so you know the minute that ball was passed out, Stephanie Roach was sharp, straight in, pressurising straight away. And it's like they're already set up. And, you know, I think this is happening more and more now. Teams are getting caught out like that. I don't think this is a fit for everyone. And I think in, in the national game, the way they have, the, the FAI have set out its stall with uh, kids football all the way from under eights up. They're looking for their teams to play out from the back. But... There's an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of goals being conceded out of you know this need to have to play out from the back. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, look, it, I suppose everyone is trying to copy the whole Barcelona tiki tacky football. Um, like when you see the likes of Man City got rid of uh, Joe Hart because he couldn't he couldn't play that way, and brought in their own players and brought in the likes of Edison and even with Liverpool they brought in their keeper. I just think it's just it's just the nature of the game. Everybody they see it, a team being successful, and everyone wants to try and copy it, and they think they can. But as you said, look, you need certain players to be able to play that system, and you know most players, most goalkeepers can't play that. The reason they're in goals is because they're not footballers; <laughs> they're goalkeepers. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> like, well, you know, you know yourself. Every goalkeeper thinks they're, they're a full forward. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just that's just the nature of the game. Like, if you're a goalkeeper. There's a reason why you're there because you're good in goals. You can save the ball. You can keep the ball out of the net. You're not there to to start attacks from your own two-yard uh, two line. You know it just doesn't suit everybody. Um, as you said, you know it even, I think it even happened tonight in tonight's uh, UEFA Champions League game. Um, Leipzig gave away a goal from another poor error. So yeah, look, it happens at the highest level. If it's happening at the highest level, you can be sure it's going to happen at, at the lowest level. Yeah, yeah. Okay, lads, we are. Finishing up there, we have a, there's a whole host of games on again at the weekend, and as you said, there's some big games with Bowes and Pats. Looks like one that's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, lads. Uh, Nathan and Jared, thanks very much. Pleasure, lads. Pleasure, lads. 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 Lads.